Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Rep for Money FM 89.3. This is the first, this is the last Market View Rep of 2021. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong and on the phone with Amelia Tan, research analyst at the SGX. It has been a somewhat underwhelming week for us. To, um, and today it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maybe appetite's gone towards Christmas shopping. I really don't know. But we will look at the whole year as a whole in just a bit. The Straits Times Index down now 0.27% to 3,120 points. Indeed, uh, down about 8 points to uh, 3,120, as you mentioned, Clarissa. But once again, we have to highlight that value turnover and appetite's just a little bit more subdued, perhaps a bit more pulled back today. Only 479 million Singapore dollars in total trade changing hands. Par for the course, really, when you think about the last two weeks where we've seen more caution reign supreme. Perhaps traders phoning it in because they're, they're, they want to rush off to their holidays. Or perhaps just a little bit of a caution uh, with, with all of the remaining un- lingering uncertainties, at least, for markets and economies across the world. O- overall, we're seeing more losers than gainers today. 214 stocks, REITs, and trusts actually in the red. And that's more than the 147 gainers so far in today's session. <clears throat> this Friday, though, it's a bit interesting to see that the STI and stocks are taking a step back despite that very strong Nod X number again, or exports number where we saw um, that we saw Singapore for the month of November at least post a strong strong growth at least with regards to non-oil domestic exports. That though did little to lift sentiment here, but we're also singing a similar tune as the rest of the region. Many other markets also tre- treading in the red so far today. The Nikkei 225 has gone back to losing ways, falling 1.8% in today's session. 28,552 is where the Tokyo benchmark six. Um, we have the ASX 200 today as one of the notable um, <clears throat> exceptions to the rule. Now, yesterday, ASX 200 was the, was the one notable market that missed out on the rally today. They're the only one that's actually keeping, well, their nose above water. The Sydney benchmark trading eight points higher at 7,304 points. The South Korean Kospi also looking uh, decent, but only holding on to just a gain of one and a half points. That's up to 3,007 for the uh, for the Seoul benchmark in South Korea. Taiex, though, in Taipei has fallen 0.1% to 17,762. Out in mainland China, the Shanghai Composite falling 0.9% to 3,641. Shenzhen down by about 1.3% in today's session to 14,909 points. And we do have the Hang Seng today also stuck in the red. They're also falling 1.1% now to 23,214 points. Wherever you look, it seems that there's still some concern and perhaps just a delayed reaction to the Federal Reserve's announcement that they will be speeding up their bond taper and also the Fed dot plot uh, hinting at three possible rate hikes next year. Now, that did little to dent confidence on Wednesday on Wednesday uh, over in Wall Street when the F, the Fed made their last policy decision. But the Thursday session was a different story. We saw Wall Street all close in the red and the Nasdaq also plunging by about 2.5%. And this perhaps just weighing on markets so far. 
we have to also take take into account that there's still a lot more questions than answers about the COVID-19 Omicron variant and whether or not it has the potential to perhaps slow down the economic recovery at a uh, consider in a considerable fashion. Um, and uh, and I think these are some of the things that will be uh, worth digesting at least as we head into the last two weeks of this year. I believe it's the last two weeks of the year, right? It is the last two weeks of the year. It is the last market view wrap of 2021. And thankfully, Omicron did not really affect, as in at all, Singapore's non-oil domestic exports growth, which surged 24.2% year on year, picking up pace from 17.8% expansion in October. We bring Amelia Tan, research analyst from the SGX, into the conversation to give us an overview of the week as we've had it and, you know, take a more comprehensive look at the year we've had. Mm-hmm. Amelia, yeah, so all you. <laughs> you're right, as the investors are uh, starting to head towards their year-end break, uh, we're into the last two trading weeks of December. SDI has been a bit quieter this week, returning slightly flattish, following from the 1.1% gains that we've seen last week. But with that, on a month-to-date December basis, that brings us to 3% price gains. And this is after November's decline of about 5% due to the Omicron variant concerns globally. Uh, regional markets, you've also noted, correct, um, the performances were slightly varied across the week. Trading point range-wise, STI uh, this week saw a 55-point uh, trading range of the index hitting a high on Monday and also a low on Wednesday. Quiet week, but something that came out on late Wednesday night was the property cooling measures that the government had announced. And this came on the back of rising housing prices and sales across both the private and public residential markets, driven by perhaps low interest rate environments and also delays from COVID-19. Uh, Government had raised the stamp duties, tightened some of the loan-to-limit ratios and also increased government land supplies. But these measures were largely seen to perhaps impact the property investors a little bit more compared to the owner-occupiers. And some of the property analysts in this space expect this to have an impact on the en bloc market, which has just picked up pace recently over the last few months, given that developers now, before they make a bid for a land parcel, they will have to consider and take and consider some of the risk that they will take on if they fail to sell all their units. But with that, yesterday morning, if you recall, uh, we've seen the real estate agency stocks, APEC Realty and Propnex. There's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Both the stocks saw dips of around 10 to 11% when market first opened yesterday, uh, somewhat corrected towards the end of the day. But to set the tone in context, right, these guys have returned uh, fairly well in the year-to-date basis, uh, around 90 to about 140% in the year-to-date. Um, impact on property developers, you may wonder. Uh, we've seen some impact over there, but slight. City developments, Bukit Sembawang, Wingtai Asia, were down about 2 to 3%. Um, UOL Fraser property was down about 0.9 to 1%. Uh, REITs were largely unaffected. Part of the reason is that REITs hold commercial properties and are pretty diversified in nature. Um, and perhaps not to sound like a broken recorder, but for those that are keen in investing into property, you can consider REITs as an alternative in buying private residential property uh, because in terms of the investment, uh, down payment, uh, fees, taxes, etc., it's a little bit more straightforward than buying into a physical property. Yeah, But with that, I think we're going into end of December, uh, we'll probably 
actually want to take uh, do a stock take of the Singapore market. On a year-to-date basis, the benchmark has yielded 10% in price gains and 13% including dividends. At 10% price gains on a year-to-date basis, uh, our returns are pretty respectable if you compare us against some of the other top-performing Asian markets after Taiwan, India, China, and also Indonesia on a sing-dollar basis. And if this continues to hold towards the year-end, um, SCI's positive returns this year will be the third over the last five years and also the best-performing year since 2017. And not forgetting, you know, some of the drivers for the year include, aside from COVID-19, which has been a driver for the last two years, um, energy and oil, COVID-impacted supply chains, raw material prices, inflation and interest rates, reopening of economies, recovery from COVID, and also the rotation into cyclical and value plays. And if we look at all our Singapore sectors uh, up to mid of December, all the Singapore sectors have generated positive returns. Um, And a total of seven sectors had even outperformed the benchmark. And the three best performing ones were energy at 63% total returns, financials at 30%, and also technology at uh, 29% total returns. If we take a deeper look into these three, in the energy sector, if we recall, we've seen strong oil recovery with Brent crude oil gaining 50% this year on the back of a supply crunch. Oil, in fact, had crossed the $80 benchmark for the first time since 2014, and it's now at about $74, $75 per barrel levels. And some of the notable performers, if we remember, were the oil exploration and production plays like RH Petrogas, Rex International. Uh, also includes the gold, uh, coal miners such as Golden Energy, Geo Energy, and also offshore services provider Kim Heng that recently rebranded into the renewable energy segment. All these guys generated triple-digit gains and were a big driver for the sector. Second best performing is financials at 30%. This is interesting because despite interest rates remaining low throughout the year, uh, performances were largely driven by the three local banks, averaging at over 20% returns, uh, with DBS leading the pack at 32% total returns, UOB at 23%, and OCBC at 16%. And not forgetting technology, right? The third best performer of the year had outperformed on the back of a COVID-impacted supply chain and shortages of chips. Um, The industry, in fact, expects global semiconductor sales to continue to reach new highs this year, surging 45% from last year and continues, um, expects this growth to continue to grow in 2022. Now, go ahead. Yeah, well, I wanted to say that aside from these sectors, um, some of the cyclical sectors like travel, hospitality had also outperformed because of the reopening theme, but mostly outperformed towards the later half of this year. Yeah, I was going to actually uh, ask about that because uh, until some of the reopening and the new VTL announcements, mm-hmm. some this sector really was still languishing for the better part of this year. And the other thing, too, we have to remember is um, I believe there was that travel uh, aviation index, I believe, that was launched mm-hmm. uh, sometime in, in November. I mean... Um, this might be even more crucial to track that particular index now, given the fact that there's some new uncertainties and questions about the reopening and how it might affect travel and uh, and hospitality stocks, anything that might be dependent on the reopening play and these cross-border, um, uh, tra- uh, these cross-border travel activities that can resume but might not because of the uncertainties with regards to Omicron, Amelia. 
Yeah, correct. Um, and on that index, uh, just to share, um, Singapore Airlines is part of that index mm-hmm. that you mentioned earlier on. Um, SIA, in fact, also had announced that they will be expanding the passenger capacity in December up to 40, 45% of pre-COVID-19 levels and increasing that further to 47% in January 2022. Uh, in terms of fund flows, what's interesting is SIA is the top retail net buy stock for the year. So it's a common theme like uh, you guys have pointed out which is the reopening theme, some of the travel transport stocks such as SIA, Comfort Delgro, these were the top uh, retail net buy stocks for the year with all the VTLs and the high vaccination rates and the opening scene being in play. Um, in addition to that, retail investors have been a huge buyer of the Singapore market for most of 2021. And in fact, on a year-to-date basis, the retail inflow sits at $1.8 billion. And this continues from retail buying about 8 to $9 billion worth of stocks last year. And some of the top retail net buy stocks were REITs, industrials and also consumer non-cyclicals. On the other hand, while retail was buying, they were largely buying from the institutional investors because institutional investors on a year-to-date basis have uh, net sold about $1.7 billion. But despite that, they were also net buyers. Instis were net buyers of sectors such as financials, consumer cyclicals and also healthcare stocks. The three banks alone... Um, they have seen institutional inflows amounting to over $1.6 billion worth. And we'll be excited to see what STI prints over the next two weeks. But 2022 will be an exciting year with quite a number of drivers and themes to also look out for. It's also interesting to note that until um, the uh, VTLs were announced in the new travel lanes, etc., that we started to see downward pressure on your top gloves and your river stones. Now, both of those stocks today particularly doing very, very well. Yes, correct. In fact, healthcare was one of the top performing sectors for 2020, uh, 2020 last year. Uh, this year, maybe some of them took a step back and mm-hmm. uh, the rotation was into the value place. But with the Omicron variant coming on towards the end of November and I think there are concerns now right, with the numbers of uh, infection rates and also whether the vaccines are good enough to um, uh, for, for, for the virus um, the healthcare stocks have seen a surge over the last few sessions of November and into early December. Uh, you've rightly mentioned your glove manufacturers like Riverstone, Top Glove, UG Healthcare and some of the other uh, related stocks like Medtex. They have also seen more activity over the last few sessions. Uh, Riverstone has been the strongest stock of the FTSE FC All Share Index this week, in fact. And the Riverstone Holdings founder has also started to acquire some of their shares uh, as part of the uh, buybacks uh, program. All right. Well, he's a, he's going to have a happy Christmas then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. You know, Amelia, I did want to bring something up. And since we're talking about the property cooling measures, a lot has been made about the property developers, uh, the REITs, and say even Propnex, which saw significant losses yesterday. But I do want to bring up one sector that actually might be, uh, you know, uh, perhaps at risk of a, of, a, of, a, of a follow-on effect, and that's the construction sector. And you, we saw construction stocks also start to show a bit of an erosion yesterday. The uh, Developers have said that this could actually also result in fewer bids and could also impact the pipelines for some of these uh, con- contractors if there's not much incentive to actually bid out. I mean, you talk about a sector that's also been hit by rising raw material costs, um, labor constraints, and now they have perhaps the potential for property cooling to hit them. I mean, this is a sector that might uh, that might continue to face challenges next year, don't you think? 
Yeah. So with the property cooling measures, uh, if we look at the real estate sector, there are actually a couple of uh, sub-segments within that, the whole value chain. Mm -hmm. Um, The guys that saw the most impact were the ones that were closest to the sales, which is the real estate agency stocks, followed by maybe the property developers, because these guys will be the ones deciding whether they want to bid a land parcel and also do the development work. Construction guys... Yes and no uh, in terms of the impact over there because while you are expecting uh, the number of uh, construction projects to decline, um, it may be on the flip side if we look at it, right? Government is increasing the land supplies in terms of the government land sales and also some of the uh, public housing market land parcels that were announced over the last one, one and a half days. Um, I think, in fact, where it comes to the HDB uh, launches, government has also said that they want to increase the supply up to 30 to 35% uh, to cater to the rising demand. So with that playing out over the next few years, someone's got to still build these houses and who's going to build that, right? Construction Mm -hmm. sector and all that. So that will perhaps take a while more to to come back into play, but we think that it will still be relevant uh, and very relevant part of the whole property segment. REITs, you've mentioned, yeah, largely unaffected because uh, mostly commercial properties, less so residential. All right. Now the SDI still in the red, down 0.29% to 3,119 points. This has been our last Market View Wrap show for 2021. We'll be back with Market Views next week. But the wrap, you'll have to wait until 2022. (laughs) I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong. And we were joined on the phone by Amelia Tan, research analyst at the SGX. On behalf of both JP and Amelia, we wish you a fantastic Christmas break, and we hope you continue to join us on Money FM 89.3 for all your finance information. Happy holidays, everybody. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.